Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father, through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. All right, I'm going to give you a list of names and organizations, and you tell me what they all have in common, all right? Katy Perry, Justin Bieber, ESPN, Barack Obama, The New York Times, Oprah Winfrey, and Cristiano Ronaldo. Any idea what they all have in common? You might have heard my sermon, have you? Wow! Somebody got it, so don't say it loud. (laughs) Katy Perry, Justin Bieber, they're musicians, right? Uh, ESPN, the New York Times, those are media outlets, media organizations. Barack Obama, former president. Oprah Winfrey, talk show host turned businesswoman. Cristiano Ronaldo, soccer player, soccer player. So what do they have in common? They are all among the top 50 Twitter accounts in the world. Bonus points for Kevin getting that. Uh, Top 50 Twitter accounts in the world. Now, Twitter, if you're not familiar, is a social media platform where people tweet a short message, and then other people can follow those different users. Uh, And these folks are amongst the top accounts. Uh, Katy Perry has the most, 101 million followers. Justin Bieber, 97 million followers. Barack Obama, 91 million. All of them. The same is true for each and every one of them. Millions and millions of followers. Now that makes them leaders, right? By definition, if you have that many people following you, you are a leader. Uh, They're maybe not uh, publicly elected leaders. Maybe they don't have an official title to make them a leader, but they have people following them, millions of people following them. Uh, But these are not the only leaders in our culture, leaders in our society. There's countless other leaders, right? Uh, I'm sure maybe you follow some of these people. Maybe you follow somebody else. Uh, Do you have a favorite author? Do you have a favorite uh, actor or actress, a favorite TV show that you follow each and every week? A radio show? A podcast? A radio personality? Uh, Is there a sports team you follow? Uh, Spartans country, seems like a lot of people follow the Spartans, how they're doing, what teams are doing well. Uh, The truth is this, we all follow somebody or some organization, and not just one somebody, but many different people. The question isn't, are you a follower? The question is, who do you follow? Who do you follow? And one way you can figure out who it is that you follow is just by looking at your time. Looking at your time, how much time do you spend reading a particular writer How much time do you spend listening to a particular musician or band? How much time do you spend watching a show or an actor or an actress? How much time do you spend learning from another person? If you take that time for your week, your month, your year, you add it all up, you can pretty quickly find out, oh yeah, that is who I follow. Who do you follow? Now, in our scripture reading from Romans, uh, we're continuing throughout this summer, reading through Romans. Here we are, Romans chapter 8, and Paul is talking about this dynamic of leading and following. Uh, It may not seem evident at first, but he's talking about 
Who do we follow? Uh, He says this in Romans 8. This is the first half of verse 6. For to set the mind on the flesh is death. For to set the mind on the flesh is death. So what does Paul mean when he says to set the mind on the flesh is death? Uh, What Paul is not saying, hear me closely, he is not saying the flesh is bad. All right, he's not saying that our bodies are inherently bad. He's not saying that the physical world is inherently bad. All right, we have to remember throughout Scripture, uh, the opposite of that is made. Uh, Genesis, God makes all things carefully, deliberately, painstakingly, and God declares it not only good, but very good. The physical world is not inherently bad. Our bodies are not inherently bad. Uh, We have to remember, God came into human flesh, flesh and blood in Christ Jesus, Uh, not just for a time, but for all eternity. So Paul is not telling us the flesh is bad. But what he is saying is this, to blindly follow your flesh, to blindly follow this world and deny the will of God, the wisdom of God, the presence of God's kingdom, to only follow this world and our sinful desires, that is a problem. That is a problem. He says, to set the mind on the flesh is death. And the word that Paul uses for mind, it's phranema. Phranema, it's a Greek word, and it doesn't just mean your brain or your thoughts. It's not that narrow. It's a very broad word. Uh, When he says to set your mind, the word that he uses, it's it's mindset or worldview. It's your aim, your aspiration, your outlook, the thing to which you are striving to obtain. And what he's warning us about is to strive to gratify the flesh, to aim to fulfill what's inside of you, to, to, to follow what's coming out from within you, your, your bent passions, your broken desires, all of these things, to follow that is setting you on a path that leads not to life, but to death. Now, what we could say is that Paul is warning us here about following our hearts. He's warning us about following our hearts. Now, that sounds weird, doesn't it? Follow your heart. That's good advice, isn't it? Isn't that advice that you might give to your child when they're considering what to study in college? Follow your heart. Or that if you're having coffee with a friend and he or she's making a big life decision, say, follow your heart. Uh, every good country song, that's the message, right? Follow your heart. Uh, sentimental, sappy movies, it's all about follow your heart. Well, I hate to break it to you. That's not good biblical advice. Follow your heart. Uh, We see all throughout Scripture, when people follow their heart apart from God, when they follow their heart without consulting what God's will is for them, when they do that, it leads to trouble. Adam and Eve followed their heart the desires from within them. And where did that take them? It led them to rebellion. It led them to to not be content as creatures made by their creator. But they said, I want to be God. I want to know what God knows. They followed their heart to death. 
Rachel in Genesis. She followed her heart. And where did it take her? To steal idols from her father's house. To take these idols, to worship these idols. And not only that, but then lie about it. David, David followed his heart, the lusts within him, the desires within him, and he followed that apart from God, and where did it take him? Adultery, lies, murder, covering things up. It led him to brokenness, brokenness in his house, brokenness in other houses, brokenness in his kingdom. Peter, Peter followed his heart in the New Testament. He followed the fear and anxiety in his heart. And where did that take him? Denying Jesus once, twice, three times. Scripture's clear. God's word is clear on this. That following the flesh, following the desires within us, following only this world, following ourselves, leads us to death. Paul says it. To set the mind on the flesh is death. But then he goes on, the second part of that verse. But to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. He's giving us a contrast here. Setting the mind on the flesh is death, but setting the mind on the spirit is life and peace. Now what Paul's saying here, setting the mind on the spirit, this is not some vague, abstract spirit. Uh, This is not some non-physical spirit in the universe or something like that. No, this is the spirit of God. This is God himself. What Paul is telling us is following God, setting our mind on God, is setting our mind on life and peace. Uh, God invites you to follow him. And when you follow God, where he's leading you, when God is your mindset, Your mind is not set on sin. Your mind is not set on death. Your mind is not set on fear or anxiety or despair or anything like that. Your mind is set on life because God is the source of life, the author and perfecter and giver of life. And this point is all over scripture, right? God gives life. In the beginning, God takes lifeless dirt and he breathes life into it. God gives life. Uh, Ezekiel, we have this powerful, powerful image of God giving life to the, the deadest thing you could imagine, dry, dusty bones. Ezekiel 37, the hand of the Lord was upon me, and he brought me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the middle of the valley. It was full of bones, and he led me among, around among them, and behold, There were very many on the surface of the valley, and behold, they were very dry. And he said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I answered him, O Lord God, you know. Jumping to verse 10, so I prophesied as he commanded me, and the breath came into them, and they lived and stood on their feet, an exceedingly great army, God giving life. This is throughout the Gospels, too. God breathing life into the vacuous lungs of Lazarus, four days dead. God breathing life into a dead child as his mother watches and mourns this loss. God giving life. It's this simple. Following the flesh, 
Following our sinful desires leads to death. Following God leads to life. Uh, This is verse 13 and 14 in Romans. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. All who are led by the Spirit of God. I want us to think about that. What does it mean to be led by the Spirit of God? To not follow the flesh, but to follow God. To not follow death, but to follow life. Uh, What does it look like to be led by the Spirit of God? And here's what I want to do. That's kind of an abstract thing, right? Being led by the Spirit. So I want to anchor this in the most concrete way I can imagine. Your week ahead. Your Monday morning. So just imagine with me that you and me, that we are led by the Spirit of God this coming week. And imagine this is what our week looks like. Led by the Spirit of God. Monday, you wake up. Tomorrow morning, you wake up and you know, I got a busy week. I got a lot of stuff I want to get done. I got all these tasks. I know there's going to be some stress and challenges and struggles. Uh, You know that the week may go as you want. You know the week may go completely wrong. But you have peace in the midst of that week. You have peace and solace knowing that no matter what, no matter how well that week goes, no matter how poorly the week goes, you are a child of God and circumstances on your calendar are not going to change that. For to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. Tuesday, Tuesday, imagine Tuesday you're paying some bills and you're opening up all the bills and you're adding up all the amounts that you owe and you feel a tightness in your chest. A little concern, a little worry about is there going to be enough? And then you start looking at the bank account and the savings and the retirement and you wonder, now what? And then you stop, led by the Spirit, you stop and you pray and you realize this is not all there is. These bank accounts, the retirement, the salary, the job, that's not it. I'm not chasing after these things. I'm not following these things blindly, but I'm a child of God. I'm led by the Spirit. I'm a son of God, a daughter of God. To set the mind on the Spirit is life and peace. Wednesday. Imagine Wednesday a friend calls you up, and that friend has some problems. You don't have time to hear about your friend's problems. You don't want to hear about your friend's problems. But led by the Spirit, you stop and you listen. Not just pretending to listen, not checking your phone while you're listening, but actually listening. And then you tell your friend, I'm going to pray for you. But not in a platitudinal kind of way, like trying to get you off the phone, I'm going to pray for you, bye but actually praying for your friend, maybe even right then and there on the phone. To set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. Thursday. Imagine this coming Thursday, everything is going well. You're checking things off your list. You're accomplishing more than you thought you were going to accomplish. The sky is blue. The birds are chirping. It's great. But instead of patting yourself on the back, saying, yeah, I am pretty good, aren't I? Say, yeah, I am accomplishing a lot of this stuff. You say, thank you, Jesus. 
Thank you for the gifts you've given me. Thank you for the talents you've given me. Thank you for these opportunities. Thank you for the breath in my lungs, the beating heart in my chest. Thank you, Jesus. To set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. And finally, Friday. Friday, the end of this week, Friday. You find yourself tempted. Tempted by that one sin, that one sin that you're always tempted by, that one sin that always stops you in your tracks, but this time led by the Spirit, relying on the power of God, on the strength of God, you flee. You run from it. You run from following the flesh and you run to following the Spirit. You run to life, not to death. To set the mind on the Spirit is life and peace. Like I said, the question is not, are you a follower? The question is, who are you following? And we have two choices. We can follow the flesh, we can follow our hearts, follow the desires that come from within us, or we can set our minds on the spirit, following God to life in Christ Jesus. This is most certainly true. Now may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus to life everlasting. Amen.